those of you at home. Thank you, musicians. Uh, two musicians. That's wonderful. <laughs> that is great. That's what it's brought to us. We'll make our confession now. Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I never will turn away when God opens your ears. I want to start uh, every Sunday by presenting the gospel because sometimes we're not talking about that. We're talking about other precepts or principles in the word of God. But people need to hear the word of God. Listen to this. In John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13, he says, He was in the world. That God in human flesh was in the world. God in human flesh was in the world. And the world was made through him. God was actually on earth, the one who created the world. The world who created everything. He was here with us in human form. And the world did not know him. What a tragedy. God was with people in the world, walked with them. They didn't know him. Man had gone so far, they couldn't recognize God, the God that created them when he came. In the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, with flesh and blood, they did not know him. He came to his own, the Jews, and his own did not receive him. How painful. He had been with them from the time of Abraham, Moses, and all of that, all through David, Samson, and the rest of them. And yet... When he came to them in person, they did not receive him. They didn't receive him. So receiving him is very crucial to our salvation and going to heaven. They did not receive him. All we have to do is receive him. Receive him. Many times preachers will tell you, receive him into your heart because you can't see him anymore. But he's still here. In the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he can come into your heart if you receive him. If you reject him, that's doomed forever. It says, but as many as received him. As many as received him. It doesn't matter the number. That's you. As many as received him. To them he gave the right to become children of God. You see, everyone in the world is not a child of God. We are, all, we, we are quick to say, every, we are all children of God. No, that's not what the Bible says. You have to be given the right by the Son of God to become a child of God. You have to be deliberate. You have to receive Him. He's already been given to us by the Father. For God so loved the world that He gave He's already been given. Now is your turn to receive him. It's very important. As many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Just trusting in the name of Jesus. Who were born. That's the born again experience. When you receive him, you were born. Not of blood. 
nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of God. That's what it takes to be born again. They were born. How do you receive this? The Bible is very clear about this. Sometimes we make it so hard. What God has provided can be hard to receive. God provided air. If you are not sick, you can breathe freely. We make it too hard for people. And they, they don't know whether they are saved or not. But the Bible makes it very clear what to do. And I'm encouraging you, do what the Bible says. Forget everybody else. And you will be saved. According to the word. In Romans chapter 10 verse 9 through 11. It says, if you use your, if you use your mouth. Your mouth. If you use your mouth. God gave you a mouth, right? Use your mouth to say. Jesus is Lord. Not my mouth, not the preacher's mouth. Your mouth. That's what the Bible says. This is not coming from Pastor Goodluck. This is scripture. If you use your mouth to say, Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You will be. God cannot deny his word. So if you are at home today, late after the service, Pastor Larry was going to invite you to say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And to say from your heart, I believe God raised him from the dead. If you do that, salvation, the Holy Spirit will come into your heart and begin to do his work. That happened to me many years ago. I won't tell you how many years ago. <laughs> Many years ago, and transformed my life. I've said before, people said to me, everybody can be a Christian, not you. Because, because of the lifestyle I was living. But then God came into my heart, and everything changed. Amen? So, receive the Lord today, and make Him your Lord. Find a church. If you don't, find, if you don't have a good one, the Ark Fellowship is the best. You can come, and you'll be welcome here. So I go to my message today that is titled, Why Should Believers Prosper? Why Should Believers Prosper? It's important because God wants it for us. He tells us that in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that we should prosper and, and uh, have good success. That's God's will for our life. That can never change. That's what he wanted. From the very beginning, he wanted us to have authority over everything. And so, the Word of God tells us that. We've talked a lot about it, but I said last week that prosperity from God demands obedience. You can't prosper doing crazy stuff and being greedy, cheating people. You may have money, but you won't have peace. You may have all the wealth, but you don't have peace in your home, and you are constantly afraid. You're stingy because you are greedy. You can't spend the money because you all you are really you have a lot, but you're still poor in your mind. If I do this, uh, I may not have enough. So it's never enough for greedy people. It's never enough. They will take from their mother and kill their father to get the money. 
That's, for, that's greed. But that's not what God is talking about. God is talking about true prosperity that is God-focused. God-focused. They want to give to the work of God. What is it, pastor, that you need in the church? I got this money else. Let's get it done for God, not for man. But all your needs are met. Your children are well fed. Your cars are all paid for. Your home, everything. Because the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, don't forget me after you've built beautiful homes. God's not opposed to that. You build beautiful homes paid for. And now you have freedom. You have your house. Your car is paid for everything. God's still pouring on you. You pour it out to the kingdom of God. That's prosperity. It demands obedience. Secondly, the Bible has given us a principle of sowing. This is where many Christians miss it. Because they pray to God to receive from Him. But I've said it here before. The word of God is like a chess game. God pushes by giving you his promise. If you do this, I will do this. But so when he says that to you, that's his push. Now you have to do what he said. That's your push. And then when you do what he said, then he fulfills his now his push. He fulfills his own son. He won't disappoint you. But what people do to God, they read the word. God told them, you know, this is what you do, I'll do for you, if you do this. And that was God's push. Then they said to God, okay God, we are really praying and we are fasting. Why don't you push again? God says, I already pushed. It's your turn to push. Oh God, I know you are God, you can do everything. Why don't you just, no, no, I already pushed. Do what I said. That's the issue here. So the Bible tells us, honor the Lord, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, is honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor God with your possessions. Money, house, whatever you have. Honor God with your possessions. Everything you have is His. Honor Him. How do you honor Him? God, everything I have belongs to you. If you want it, I'll give, I'll let it go. Whatever you ask, God, I'll do it. It all belongs to you. Just honoring Him, you recognize who the Lord is. The Lord of your life. The Lord of everything that you have. That's the first thing. He says, honor the Lord with your possessions. And then he tells you about tithe. You see the difference? There's a difference here. The first part is to honor him, right? With your possessions, everything you have. If he, the church needs it to do God's work, here it goes. I've heard of people that sold their homes. They sold their homes to give to the church because the church has needs. Today, greed. We not allow Christians to do anything. God cannot speak to them. If God tells them to sell their house, they will say, that's the devil's voice. Devil, get behind me. 
And God speaks again, devil get behind me. You know why? They don't want to hear God's voice. They're not going to do it. Honor God with your possessions. Everything you have. You want to be wealthy? You want to be without needs? You want to be a Christian that has no want? Honor God with your possessions. And then the next thing, and... She's noticed that? First possessions, and then the word goes, and... With the first fruit of your increase. You know that was tithe. We always think it's just tithe. No, it's not just all tithe. You have to honor God with your possessions. But then also you have to pay your tithe. This is the sowing part of it. This is the promise of God. So he says, with the first fruits of your increase. So, so God's pushing now. If you do this, your bonds will be filled with plenty. All your bank accounts, plenty. Plenty. Your bonds, loaded. Plenty. This is the word of God. And God will not speak. And his word not been fulfilled. This is the word of God. So if you do this, your bonds will be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Is God talking about wine? No. He's talking about money. <laughs> For our days, money. Wealth. For the believer. Wealth is not, is not a, a curse word. Uh, it's a good word. It's good to have it. So you can help people. And you can see the joy in their lives when you help them. We are not supposed to be the poor. The poor is out there. We are supposed to meet their needs. Yes. We are not the poor. <laughs> Jesus said to give to the poor. <laughs> if you are poor, how are you going to give to the poor? You know, so they should be given to you. know, that's not your portion. If you do what God says, that's not your portion. But when you refuse to do it because you are not obedient, that's going to be your portion. You keep receiving. Every time you go to church, you want them, somebody to give to you. But that's not the case. That's not, that should not be the case. That should not be the case. You should be looking for, you bring, a, you know, this was interesting. It just came back to me now. This was a guy, I'm not sure if he was a Christian at all. Uh, back in Nigeria, I was visiting, and uh, we, my family was, I won't go into that, a lot of uh, uh, court cases and all of that. And I was sitting with the lawyers, and there was a guy there named, I think his name was David, and I started talking to them about giving. They talked about, they were, they were opposed, the lawyers and everybody, they were opposed to, the church always will ask for money. And I said, ah, so I schooled them. And David said to me, if I recall his name, he said, that's true. He had a good job. Every time, every, he said, I will, after, after work, I will go straight to the bank and get some money and put in his, uh, we call it portfolio in my country. He, put, he, put, he stacked the money there. And then he will sit in his office waiting for who will come for help. Every time he did that. And as they came, he gave them freely. He said, good luck, you're right. Since that time, I've never lacked anything. Amen. Nothing. 
So he learned. I don't know if he was a Christian, but he learned quickly. So he hurries to the bank to get his money waiting for people who will come to him. Because in my country, most people are poor. And if you can give, they are coming. He knew that. Once you give to one, he says, he gave me 10,000 naira. And so the rest of them know, can I go to him? Yeah, he's very generous. And they come. So he will go to the bank after work and pull money out and fill his uh, briefcase and then go back to work waiting for people to come. And he gave them joyfully. He said, good luck, I've been doing that for years. No luck. No luck. Because the word of God doesn't just work for just the believer. If you do what is right, God will fulfill his word in your life. Because he watches over his word to perform it. He watches over it. When you are doing it, he's watching. And he's not going to let you down. You see, we are hurting ourselves by being stingy and not giving out to God. We are hurting ourselves. Some of us are doing very well, but you could be doing much, much, much better. The reason you are not doing much, much better is you are afraid if you give, you are going to get poor. Guess what? You are already poor. Because you think poor. You think poor, brother. And if you think that, that's the way you're going to be. I'm believing God for $40 million. And I've been telling anyone who has yet to hear. I'm believing God for it. And I'm looking to man, I'm believing God for it. And I would give as much as I could. Now, but my day of reaping is coming. My day of reaping is coming. Proverbs 11.24 says, There is one, one individual who scatters yet increases more. It's like the guy I just told you, he just gives his money away. People say, this man is stupid. Why do you do this? But he said, I learned. The more I give, the more comes to me. The, the more contrast business and everything. He learned. He learned. And there is one who withholds more than is right. God's not saying you give everything so you don't have food to eat. But when you withhold more than is right before God, he says it leads to poverty. It leads to poverty. Somebody comes to you, you have $50. You can spare 10 right? But you withhold. God sees it. Because that person could have been helped with the 10 And you still have 40 But you withhold. And if you continue with that, according to this word, guess what's going to happen? You go back to poverty. People have to give to you. God's word cannot lie. God's word cannot lie. I believe the word. It's true. I believe the word. Because the word is true. And we as believers, we need to rise up to the word of God. And said, if God said it, I will do it. Even if he kills me, I will do this. Because God has spoken. And I tell you what, God will never disappoint you. Never. Never. It may seem at the beginning that God is holding back and disappointing you. But what he's doing, he's going to test you to see if things don't work out the way you think, you quit. 
If you quit, you didn't really believe his word. But if you believe his word, guess what? You stay with it. And your day of deliverance will come. It says about John the Baptist, the day of his revealing to the children of Israel came. So your day of revealing is coming. And all of a sudden, one thing happens and your life is completely changed. Your status in life is completely changed. Whether young or old, God can do this. We need to believe him. We need to believe him. You know, in Second Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8, it, this is all about sowing. Remember this. The person who plants a little. This is sowing now. We are not talking about planting grains. Amen? Whatever you sow, that's what you reap. You plant time, you reap time. You plant love, as parents do, guess what you get back? Your children love you back in return. What you give is what you get back. It says, remember this. In other words, don't forget about this. This is true. This is principle in the word of God. Remember this. You already know, but as you give, remember this. This is the principle here. The person who plants a little will have a small harvest. But the person who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. So when there is a need, and every time there is a need, well, I don't want to give to that. Well, I don't want to give to that. Well, I don't want to give to that. Well, how come they're lazy? They need to work. You're just making excuses. You don't know their situation. I'm not talking about just giving to the church. But somebody's in need. Well, they're lazy. How do you know that? How do you know that? Even if they have disobeyed God, why don't you obey God yourself? If they're suffering because of what is going on in their life, maybe your generosity, your generosity can pull them out of that completely. They decide, this is the way to live. Look, at they gave me this much money. You don't know that. You don't judge people. Do what it is that God is telling you to do. And if God says, please don't give to that, then don't give. Because you hear it in your spirit. He leads us. Amen? He leads us. Each one should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. Oh, the past the preacher just took all my money. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> He's so good at talking. Now I just give all my money away. It don't be sad when you give. God wants you to be happy. Because he says, he, God loves the person who gives what? Happily. Just like that guy, you know. He was glad whenever he saw. He was probably, if, you, if you've taken money from the bank to give to people and you sit back there all day and nobody came, you're not going to be happy, would you? He was happy. Oh, you came. Oh, thank you very much. Here you go. Here you go. That was why God was blessing that man. He never knew the principle until I started talking to them. He was the only one that got it because he was already practicing it. He didn't know why it worked, but then he found out why it worked. And you can do the same. God is no respecter of persons. 
What he did for that guy, he can do for you. So that all your needs are met. Your house paid for and everything you do, you're doing is blessed. Because God is with you. You shall not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel first to give. That's one thing that stuck to me. I don't want anybody giving anything to the Ark Fellowship if you feel I have to do this otherwise. I, there's no otherwise. God's not depending on you. God's not depending on you. You're just an individual. If you don't give, some other person will give. <laughs> if you don't give, God says, I'm not going to give the money to him. He's going to keep it. Uh, this guy will give it. The, the guy gets it. That's what it, Many times I've heard people say to me, uh, when it comes to pr- uh, prophecy, uh, especially prophecy, or tongues and interpretation, especially tongues and interpretation. It says, well, Pastor, you know, when that person spoke, I had the interpretation, but I was too scared to give it. And this other person said exactly what I found. You see, God went to them. They wouldn't do it. He says, bye. I'm going to the guy who is willing to do it. That's what happens with finances as well. God is the same. If you're not going to give it up, he finds somebody that's going to give it up. God loves the person who gives happily. And God, this is the promise now, when you give happily, he says, and God can. Can you say the word God can? God can give you more blessings than you need. God can give you more blessings than you need when you give happily. Sowing is so important. If you don't sow, you won't reap. Can you imagine somebody going out to the field where they haven't planted anything and they hope to reap corn? That's a joke. And that's what Christians do. They haven't sown and they are telling God, bring the increase. God said, you didn't put anything in the ground. Why should I give you increase? There's a principle here. You are telling God to deny his word for your sake. God to go against his principle just because you're begging him. He says, go back and push. It's your push. Amen? Question is, are you a sower? Are you a sower? Do you really sow? Do you consider yourself as a Christian today as a sower? (laughs) That's what God wants us to be. Amen? God wants you to be a sower so he can give you. Are you a sower? Look at this scripture here. It's so important. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. You are not the one supplying your seed for sowing. God is the one supplies, supplying seed to the sower. You have to be a sower for him to supply seed. The seed is money. If you are angry at me, go back to the world. God's not talking about planting grain. All of us are not farmers, right? So he's not, he shouldn't be talking about planting grain. And Paul was taking an offering. He wasn't talking about taking offering of grain for himself to eat. He was talking about money. Now, may he, prayer, may he, that's who God is. 
God is omniscient. We know that, right? But God is the one who supplies seed to the sower. That's his person. That's who God is. He supplies seed to the sower. So if you are not a sower, God has no obligation to supply seed to you. No way. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. It's important. The sower plants, right? But God will also, while he's planting, God also supplies food for him till the day of harvest. Till the day of harvest. You eat until the day of harvest. You can never be in lack because you have sown. So he supplies you food while your, gra- your grain in the ground is growing for a mighty harvest. You have no lack. He supplies food. He supplies food. Not the sower gets both the seed to sow and then he supplies bread for food. Supply and multiply. He, God, the seed that you put in the ground, God will supply that and then he will multiply it. You see what's going on here? Why don't we believe what God says? Why don't we act on what God says? He will, his Bible says, he will multiply the seed you have sown. Who will? God. Will he deny himself? No. That's where we miss it. We think now, I've given the money, I should have kept it. (laughs) You should have kept it. Well, you still remain the same. It won't multiply. But God multiplies the seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see that? When I read that, that was so important to me. Because He's not only blessing you, and multiplying your righteousness is producing fruit in the lives of people can you see that that's where we shine you are the light of the world not this little light of mine you are the light of the world let the world see you the fruit of your righteousness brother Sister, the fruit of your righteousness. Fruit of your righteousness. Increase. Notice he didn't say fruit. He said fruits. Just because you are sober. Amen? Obedience. Just because you are sober. He increases the fruit of your righteousness. Your life touches so many people everywhere you go. And they are happy to see you. Amen? Their lives are enriched by you. Not just the money, just your presence. Make them feel good. Because you are a sower. You know, Jesus himself sowed. He sowed his life. And look at the multitudes all over the world. Great ministers, preachers, souls, you and I. 
he gained by sowing his life. And himself said it. Unless a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, he abides alone. But he did the same thing. Sowing is very important. God understood that principle. He created the principle. He knew he couldn't have children until he sowed. See that? That's the principle of life. You have to sow to get. It's amazing I see people, you know, you're blessed. But you're afraid to sow. You're poor. When you're blessed, maybe you're doing good. But God wants you way up there and you are already satisfied at this level. It's like what I saw. I don't know how it was. I can't describe it. It's like, you know, you can you want 20 million or you want 40 million? I thought to myself, oh my God, 20 million, we'll pay this, we'll build this, we'll do this, and we do that. And it, it seems good, 20 million is a lot of money, right? But something rose inside of me. No! The same guy, the same person who can give you 20 million can, can also give, he's asking you, do you want 20 or 40? What would you settle for 20? And no, I want the 40. I can do it twice more. Yeah, but that's what's happening. They are satisfied because all their needs are met. And they don't want to give to get to the next level. God wants them here, but they're settling back here. And they're okay. They're doing very well. People say they're doing well, but God can take you beyond that. There are people who are billionaires. Why can't you be? Why do you want to settle if God has made you a millionaire? I'm just going to keep this to myself. We'll come into that. It's never good. You've got to get rid of it. And you've got to tell yourself, God can do better than this. And the way to do it, be a sower. <laughs> he gives supply seed to the sower. He supplied the seed in your hand, and now you are not sowing. You, have, you keep eating from the seed. One day that seed is going to be, what you got is going to be over. You got nothing to go to. But put it out, you get it back. Amen? Amen. Put it out. God loves the person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessings that you need. Then you will not may, you will always, always, you will always have plenty. Plenty of what? Everything. This is God's promise. This is God's promise. This is not man's promise. Who may not have the power to fulfill it. But God said, you will have plenty of everything. Everything. Hallelujah. Everything. Everything, plenty of everything. If you are a sower, if you are a sower, you have plenty of everything for all liberality. In other words, you just give it out. You just give it out. Which causes, as you give it out, these people begin to thank God for your, on your behalf. Can you imagine? When people thank God, thank God for Brother Larry. He's helped me so much. And God bless his family. Another person, thousand people blessing you because you've given. Guess what? Poor and 
they, you're going to be blessed. And they love to see you. They rejoice when you show up. Amen. This is so good. I just pray that our church, that's what's going to happen here. Because I believe God's going to give us millionaires here. As we practice this. I'm closing this uh, message today. Uh, I still have a little bit of time. But I want to end here. But I want to encourage everybody at the Ark Fellowship. Change your mind. Because God's about to pour on you. Change your mind. No matter where you are. If you are in debt, you will be free from that debt. Begin to start sowing. Because you've heard the word. Obey the word. That's the issue here. Obedience to the word. True, we're talking to you about prosperity and all of that. But I want to talk about obedience. If you don't do it, you will never see it. God taught me years ago how to pray for people to receive the spirit. I heard it. I knew what to do. And then one day I stepped out. Stepped out. It's like stepping on. It's like Peter stepping on water. You know, wondering what was going to happen. But God confirmed this word. Instantly. And then I gained confidence. The thing is to obey. Don't be a hearer alone. Look at what James says. James chapter 1. Verse 22. But be doers of the word. You've heard the word. We've been preaching on this principle. I don't care what anybody thinks. Call me a prosperity teacher. I'm teaching the word of God. Not what man thinks. Not what you feel. Not what the pastor says. The word of God. This is the word of God. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. You can go to church and hear the word and do nothing about it. Guess what God is saying? You are deceiving yourself. You are deceiving yourself. You hear and do, then you are right. You know, self-deception is, is horrible. Because it's hard to get out of it. Because you think you're right, everybody else is wrong. And when you don't do the word of God, that's what you get into. Self-deception. You're more righteous than the rest. You know better than them. They're all liars. They're all false teachers and all of that. Self-deception because you refuse to do what the word says. We've heard the word. Why don't you practice it? Because you're afraid pastor is going to take your money. I don't need your money. God can give me money from another source. That's not the issue. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. You've heard, but do it. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. In other words, you look at the mirror in the morning, you make up yourself and you go out. You don't think about it anymore, right? Until somebody says something to you, you look good today or something. But you're not thinking that way. You're already made up, right? You forgot everything. That's what's happening. You forgot the word of God. The word of God cannot be forgotten. It's got to stay with you. 
day and night. Is that not what Joshua 1 verse 8 says? You shall meditate on it day and night. You don't forget it. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the... Look at, look at it. Perfect law of what? Liberty. Perfect law. Notice it's not just perfect word. Right? Perfect law of liberty. There is a law of liberty. Guess what it is? Be a doer. That's the perfect law of liberty. Not the hearers only, but doers of the word. That's what brings you liberty. Perfect law of liberty. And listen, continues in it. You look at the perfect law of liberty, you are practicing it, you know, and you continue in it. Okay? And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the works. When you continue in it, you cannot be somebody who is, a forgetful, who is forgetful doing the word of God. Because you didn't forget, you do it. Because you believed it. He says, this one will be what? Blessed. You will be blessed. When you do the word, you will be blessed. When you give, God will give back to you. In great measure. But you got to be a doer of the word. That perfect law of liberty. I'm poor today, but I'm doing the word. And God gives me the perfect law of liberty. And now I'm free. I don't have any need. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I still have a little bit more to talk to you about. This man is blessed in what he does. Whatever it is, it is. That he's looking at the word of God. You are blessed. And number three... Never worry about finances. Because when you worry about finances, you've opened the door for poverty. Because Satan sees it. You know why? Because Jesus said not to do it. It's a law. It's a law. We don't recognize this thing. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry. So when you worry, guess what? You're going against his word. You don't think so. You think it's justified to worry. <laughs> I think the children of Israel in the wilderness thought they were justified to complain. But they paid the price for it. When God says not to do something, he means it. God means it. We are not to do it. And we forget. Many times we forget. And we think, oh, he understands. No, he doesn't. He already told you not to worry. He already told you that. So if you worry, you're on your own. And guess who is your guest? The devil. When you worry. Listen to this. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if your God so clothes the grass and, uh, and the, of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you? O you of what? Little faith. Therefore, because of what I've told you now, that Solomon was not arrayed like one of these, as wealthy as he is, your God takes care of the grass. So because I've told you that, so he tells you, therefore, do not, what? Worry. It's a law. Even things, even if things have turned around, don't worry. Be anxious for what? Nothing. The same word. Confirm. Don't worry, saying, what shall I eat? God's going to provide that. Or what shall we drink? God's going to provide that. Or what shall we wear? God's going to provide that. My retirement, God's going to provide that. Whatever you're thinking, God can do it. In a short time, He can. He can. It says, For after these things, the Gentiles seek. They are going after that. God says, That's not the way you go. Don't worry about it. They worry, so they go after those things to make their lives better. For your Heavenly Father, I like that. For your Heavenly Father, knows that you need all these things. He already knows. But what he wants you to do, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. All of these things, anything you need, will be given to you if you focus on doing what God says. In Luke chapter 12, beginning from verse 16, This is about what people do and how they bury themselves in it. He says, then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. The ground of a certain rich man, notice he was already rich. (laughs) Now he was getting plenty more. You know, rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? I mean, if you're already rich, why don't you help the poor people? He's not thinking about that. All he's thinking is about himself in this parable. See this tragedy in this? What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Notice, my crops. So he said... I will do this. I will pull down my bonds and build greater. He's not giving to anybody. He's for himself. I will pull down my bonds and build greater. So everybody knows I'm really rich. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. It's mine, mine, mine. And I will say to my soul, so, you have plenty goods laid off for many years. He didn't know he didn't have much years left. <laughs> Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But listen, but God said to him, Fool, when you're doing this thing, you are a fool. 
He didn't think about the poor people around him. He's just going to lay back and eat and enjoy himself while the other guy has nothing to eat. God says, fool, this night <laughs> you, won't even get a, you won't even get a, a harvest. You're not going to the field. You're going to die tonight. Who wants to hear God say that to you? This night, your soul will be required of you. <laughs> this is a parable from the mouth of Jesus. This is what happens to people who just don't think about everybody else but themselves. Selfish. You can't do that. You've got to give them away. And finally, I want to end with this scripture for every one of us. In Zechariah chapter 1, verse 17. He says, again proclaim. Church, the Ark Fellowship, can we proclaim? Proclaim with me. Proclaim with me. There's going to be plenty at the Ark Fellowship. Every family blessed. Every family having an abundance. Because they are sowers. Listen, again proclaim saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, My city shall again spread out through what? Prosperity. The Ark Fellowship will spread out all over the world. How? Through what? Prosperity. We must proclaim this. The Lord will again comfort Zion, the church, the Ark Fellowship, and will again choose Jerusalem. God is blessing us. Amen. We are blessed people. The Ark Fellowship is blessed. We will do what God says and we will prosper. I'm going to see millionaires and I'm going to have my 40 million. It's coming my way. Hallelujah. My 40 million is coming. I'm looking for it. It's going to happen. And our church is going to be blessed. People buying homes and selling homes and making profits. (laughs) Profits like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this. I believe it, okay? (laughs) Let Let the prosperity of God knock you over. And may you never recover from that prosperity in Jesus' name. Pastor Larry, come on back, bro. Praise the Lord. What a fantastic message today to all of us here and to all of you there. And uh, the one requirement, though, for all of this is to be a child of God. And if you are out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the beginning step to what Pastor has talked about all day today and for the last several weeks of talking about prosperity. God wants to bless you, but first you have to make a decision for Him. So if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know this Lord, maybe this is falling on the uh, somewhere overseas somewhere. Maybe you have served something else, but you've never served Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you on the cross of Calvary. But he, as Pastor was saying a few minutes ago, the Lord kind of pushes one way, and then you have to respond. So what the Lord is, is you feel this small spirit, this voice inside of you that's saying, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus. And today, you can know him personally. But there's an if required. It says, if you confess Jesus Christ is your Lord. 
and believe that he was raised, you shall be saved. In other words, you become a child of God. So if you're there to, out there and today, and you don't know Jesus, today is your time. And it's just as simple as this. is to pray a prayer from the very bottom of your heart. It's not the words itself, but it's the attitude in which you approach God with in a humbleness of spirit, and you pray this prayer. So if you want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today, repeat this prayer after me, and I believe that you pray God will come and heal you and begin to bless you. Repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, Lord, asking you to forgive me of all of my sins, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I invite you into my life to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you are my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for me and that you were raised the third day, and now you sit with the Father in heaven. Lord, for me, making intercession for me, I accept your blood that was given on Calvary's cross for me, for my salvation today, and I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I am saved in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. God bless you, and hope to see you again next Sunday.